Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, folks. Tuesday in the 11 o'clock hour, we always spend some time visiting uh, with uh, folks that are making a difference in our community each and every day and have some sort of affiliation with the NOLA Coalition, which I have said is a very important initiative, came at the right time and the right place uh, for us. And it's been a pleasure for me because I've had the opportunity to learn about so many different positive things that are happening in so many different communities. That's not to say that we don't continue to have our challenges. We do, but we have to work hard each and every day uh, to make a difference. And these folks are, and today's no different. Calvin Mackey, the founder of STEM NOLA, joins us. Calvin uh, is a former tenured Tulane University and engineering professor, and Dr. Mackey uh, formed this 501c3 many, many years ago and is alive and well and is making a significant impact, not only in our community, but he's embarked upon a new initiative called uh, uh, STEM Global, and uh, we'll talk about that. Calvin, welcome to the show. Hi, no, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, give us a lot of people know about STEM NOLA, but a lot of folks probably don't. Tell us a little bit about uh, the the founding of STEM NOLA and where it is today. All right, great, thank you. No, STEM NOLA is an organization my wife and I founded over 10 years ago to expose and inspire and engage communities in hands-on science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And no, we, my wife and I, we are residents of Jefferson Parish. And at the time, my, my sons were going to Gretna Number 2, which is one of the top schools in the state of Louisiana. And one day my son came home and said he didn't like the way the teacher was teaching science and he didn't like science anymore. I said, boy, you're crazy. It's in your DNA. And, you know, I got a PhD in engineering. Your mom a pharmacist. What are you talking about? He said, Dad, I like to do stuff with my hands. That so could have been story, me. We, that could have been me, Doc. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> you got it. So we got in the garage, still doing all these activities with our hands. And I uh-huh. saw how my son was growing. I saw how my other son was growing. I saw my neighbor kids used to come down the street and play with us was growing. And we realized we were on to something. And my son started saying, Daddy, my friends need this. And if my son, whose friends was in one of the best elementary schools in the state, was not getting what he was getting, what does that say about kids everywhere else? So in uh, 10 years ago, my wife and I took 100000 of our own dollars and created this organization to do hands-on STEM activities all across the city and the region. In the last 10 years, we've engaged over 150,000 kids and over 25,000 families in hands-on science, technology, engineering, and math. Yeah, I mean, the successes of, uh, of this idea, and I, I did not know that it started in your garage, uh, yes. it, it, it's just simply compelling. 
yes. I mean, you know, sometimes they say mother, I mean, necessity is the mother of invention. Um, yeah. And I, first and foremost, you know, you always save home first. I wanted to save my two. And we saw that we had something that can really help a whole bunch of kids. And we've been doing it ever since. Obviously, there's been a lot of schools that have embraced uh, your approach, right? I think y'all have been in over 5,000 schools thus far. Uh, what have you seen change since you've started? And, and if you describe that for us. Um, you know, when, when you think about schools, people think about pedagogy and the teachers teaching. What we don't think about schools is the kids doing. And what we've been able to bring to the table in the last 10 years is to get schools to see what STEM is really about, right? It's one thing for a teacher to teach you about an engine. It's another thing for you to pick up a a pair of plies or a screwdriver and work on that engine. So we have things like, let's say, force in motion day, uh, cars, 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 and the kids can learn about Newton's laws of motion, you know, and things like that. But then at the end of learning that, we have a kit where the kids build a car prepared by propelling a motor. Then they race the car and they really get to see STEM in action. And that is the change that we're bringing to schools to help them understand that these kids have to be actively engaged around the education that they're giving them. And that, I guess that would fall under the category of experiential learning, right? There's no doubt. We believe hands-on mean minds-on. No, my mm-hmm. daddy was a roofer. I grew up in a house where my daddy made me get on that roof uh, every, every every summer and every weekend. I tell a story about, I remember Bonneville High School was out there, and they were developing houses out there, and I was a little kid. My dad would take me on a roof. So my dad gave me ex- experiential experiences, work ethic, and discipline. If we can bring that back to kids and, and juxtapose it and align it with education, we'll see a change in the behavior of many of our, our young people. Now I know why you're an engineer, because if you worked in roofing, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> everything else everything else was easy. <laughs> yeah. no, I used to look at the people with the, the white shirts on in the suits. I'm on a roof. I'm like, who are they? They're like, those are the engineers. That's what I need to be, because I'm not going to be on this roof. <laughs> it's so true, though. I, I mean, I... I did some of the same thing in, in air conditioning, carrying up um, equipment up a stepladder to the third floor of an apartment building in New Orleans East. You know, and it, it's like <laughs> I'm not so sure I'm cut out for this long term for sure. I, look, I remember I was about 95 pounds and I had a, a, a bundle of shingles on my shoulder going up a ladder going, this cannot be life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, when we, you know, I. The experience, uh, obviously, uh, has been huge just by the numbers, um, and I hear so much about uh, the impact. Um, I know that you filled a void. I, I don't know why, I, or, and I don't really understand where we kind of moved away from uh, STEM and, and, and the teaching and, and, and that. Do you have a, a thought about that? Um, you know, there was a day and time when, I mean, even right now, if we, when you look at uh, the workers that's needed in, in the STEM industry, right, mm-hmm. uh, for, for the last 20 years, the United States have been producing anywhere from 60 to 70,000 engineers a year. Uh, China, 
is producing, you know, a million engineers, I mean, a half a million engineers a year, and India is producing 250,000 engineers a year. And if you want to know the, the economics of your community, you just, the only thing you have to do is count the number of engineers in your community because engineers do two things. They make stuff and they make money. So with, with that being said, everybody knew the knowledge economy was coming, and we had these conversations about we, how, how we need more and more people to get college educations to take these knowledge jobs. And we took our eye off the fact that, you know, like my dad used to say, college ain't for everybody, but education is for everyone. Um, we took our eyes off of the education that some kids could have gotten with their hands in terms of, uh, of trades and different things like that. And the pendulum swung too much in one way. Uh, I'm blessed because I got both of it, right? I was on a roof and I learned how to work with my hands. And I was in school where we were doing calculus and algebra such that I was able to go on and get an engineering degree. And I think that's where we need to be now. I, I don't think it's an either or. I believe we got to give our kids all of the above because to be a driver of a, U, a UPS truck making $100,000, you got to understand technology at this point. Absolutely. Um, do, you, do you see that uh, fervor, that thirst uh, in our educational system to – to offer more as it relates to STEM? Because from the outside looking in, it just doesn't feel or look that way. No, you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, when I got on and said, start telling the truth to power, I'm like, do they know who I am? Uh, <laughs> let me put it like this. No, I don't see the sense of urgency. And that's why I have a sense of urgency. And that's why I'm screaming it from every rooftop. That's why I'm screaming it from every platform I can get on, that that this is what our children need. And with all due uh, respect and fairness to, to, the, to the educators in the system, I mean, the challenges are so great in terms of them providing the basic stuff that children need. It's very difficult to put additional stuff on their plate. And that's why we created STEM NOLA. And that's why we partner with, with, with schools like Jefferson Parish Schools. We've engaged thousands of kids in Jefferson Parish Schools over the last couple of summers. And I was just talking to Superintendent Gray the other day, and he understands that the kids need more. And the beautiful thing about Superintendent Gray, he realized that it doesn't necessarily got to come from the school district. He can partner with people like STEM NOLA to bring in these type activities so the kids can get the best of both worlds. Yeah, I mean, that's what I love about the not-for-profit community where they can come in and backfill where we just don't have the oomph for whatever reason. And this is not about being critical, right? Um, For whatever reason that that the challenge is there and and make a difference. Uh, And, you know, we're not always going to hit home runs. It's just I'm one of those base hit guys. If we can just continue to hit base hits, we'll get to where we want to get to. Just keep getting on the base. I'm like this, Norman. We live in we live in a, a country, and especially a state, that makes sure every boy touches the football before the age of four, and no one questions that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know, if a kid runs a four five forty, uh, every LSU alum gonna come out and give him tennis shoes and jerseys and have him believing about going to LSU. But there's a young lady in our community that was admitted into Mensa when she was four years old. I found out about her, and I went to her parents. And I said, whatever she wants, she gets. Because that's we got to curate the mental genius and, 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 and talent in our community just like we 
curate athletic talent. So my vision is, why can't we put them in the hands of every kid before the age of four so they can find what they're passionate about and go down that rabbit hole and do whatever it is they want to do, whether it's, it's doing uh, whether it's, it's, you know, it's doing air conditioning, whether it's doing roofing, or whether it's building computers. Every kid should be exposed so they can find something that interests them. And you guys have stayed really dynamic about uh, what y'all are doing. I, I, I was reading uh, through a lot of the uh, material that you have on your website and reading articles and stuff about you guys, and y'all are always changing, always staying with the times, always uh, piquing the curiosity of students. STEM got to be culturally and environmentally relevant. Uh, in the aftermath of Katrina, I was on the Louisiana Recovery Authority with uh, Governor Blanco and everybody. And I'll never forget, we went over to the Netherlands. And I met middle schoolers in the Netherlands who understood the hazards of their environment, uh, the flooding and the wetlands, better than the politicians I was traveling with. And on that plane back to New Orleans, I said, never again shall children live in the environment and not understand the hazards. So we have STEM events that relate to their experience. This past weekend, we had over 200 kids 425 people in a gym in the lower ninth ward doing the artist, the art and STEM of Mardi Gras. So the kids done activities. So they learned about circuits. They learned about wheel and axles. They learned about Kimilumi essence and how you could take chemicals and make led lights. Now they light the folks up at night mm-hmm. and no one didn't. Every kid built their own little float and got a remote control truck to pull a float. So now when they go to the parade, they understand that this is a multi-billion dollar business that they can participate in. We have food science camps during the summer so kids can understand that, yeah, we love to eat here, but guess what? There's logistics, there's, there's storage, there's, there's the chemistry of food, the science of food. We had, I mean, so we make, we got to stay dynamic because the kids are dynamic and we got to put stuff uh, in front of them that interests them. That, that is, that, that's absolutely phenomenal. Um, Kevin, let me ask you this. Uh, I've said that I think that NOLA Coalition right now may be one of the most important initiatives that we have. Hopefully one of the byproducts of this is a collaboration amongst a number of 1C3s working together, uh, leveraging one another. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are, but uh, if you could talk about your experience with NOLA Coalition. I think no coalition is absolutely what, what is needed in this city. I work in a lot of other cities, and I see some things like from community foundations and, and other, uh, you know, collaborative organizations out of the business community that I wish was here. And NOLA Coalition was one of the first times I saw, like, the community coming together and say, hey, we need to focus on our youth. Because, I, look, our children in the 21st century are only going to have three options. Either they're going to take something, break something in, or make something. And if we don't give them the, the skills and the education and the inspiration and the motivation to make something, like make a living, make a life, make a difference, that's only going to leave them with the two options that, that we see on the news every night. So the NOLA Coalition and the funds that they are raising and more should be raised to fund youth providers to go into communities and put their hands on kids, that's where the rubber meets the road. And I, I definitely believe you're going to see a, a, tra- a trajectory change. And you're going to see more people working together because one organization can't do it all. We do STEM, and I offer our STEM services to every other organization working with you uh, because kids need to be able to engage. And just because you may be the son of the saint, that don't mean you can do STEM. So we want to be 
that that backfiller for schools and organizations. Me and Sonny are real good friends. For like the son of the saint, so kids can have that exposure while while being mentored by the son of the saint. What what's your biggest challenge? Well, my biggest challenge, uh, and this is my challenges are different than some other organizations. You mentioned that STEM is dynamic, that, that we stay dynamic. I have a twofold challenge. One, STEM is so expensive that it's almost a hurdle for a lot of families and kids to engage in. So resources is a challenge because I, I got to constantly be on the road raising money to get, you know, the 21st century stuff that our children need. And we can't really charge them for it because how, was, how can somebody pay for something that they don't even know what it is? So we got to right. expose them first. And, and, and that takes resources. And now we got a lot of national companies and organizations seeing the work that we are doing. So I've been able to get funding locally, but I've been able to get a lot of funding nationally because of all the national attention that we're getting. And then the second hurdle for me is just personnel. I mean, in order to teach the kids STEM, I need people that know STEM. And if they don't know STEM, then we got to teach them STEM. For example, we did an artificial intelligence camp this summer with 50 middle schoolers and high schoolers. We had to train. We had to have a whole camp the week before to teach our college students the artificial intelligence <laughs> so they could, you know, run the camp with the, with the, the 6 through 12 graders. So really we had two camps. So instead of having money, I needed money for two camps rather than one. And even the college students, they were like, this is amazing what we learned. And they were so happy to be in a position to give back to the kids from the community. So if folks want to volunteer uh, with STEM NOLA, where do, where do they go, Calvin? No, thank you for asking that, because that's a part of our model. We believe a high-functioning community is child-centered, adult-governed, elder room. And if you can imagine those concentric circles at STEM NOLA, we focus on the families and the, and the kids and the community in the middle. The adults in our community are the college students. So we pay college students $15 an hour. We put over $4 million in the hands of college students in the last 10 years. And then the elder of the community, that's our STEM professional teachers and anybody else who want to volunteer. And you volunteer your time. So you go to STEMNOLA.com, you'll see the volunteer button, and you, you just hit volunteer, sign up. And here's the beautiful thing. We have all these events, and we just let you know when we're having an event. And you, you can sign up to volunteer or not. You don't have to come out all the time. Our philosophy is that if we can get, like, a 1,000 people in our volunteer database, then we never have to worry about volunteers. If you're going on vacation, go. And you don't have to worry whether or not you let the organization down. And for 10 years, that's how we've churned our volunteer pool. And we got some people that have been volunteering once a month for 10 years, some people that volunteer once a year. But any time given, we appreciate it. I know that you have many volunteers that have y'all do these annual things that have been gone for since the beginning, right? Yeah, we on the second Saturday of every month we have we have an event. Uh, this February we're not going to have it because it's Mardi Gras. That's why we moved it to the last weekend in January. But one month out of every one Saturday out of every month we have we have a big event. But now we have. Uh, uh, we have a, uh, we have a STEM after school in a New Orleans library. We have STEM after school in the New Orleans uh, recreation facilities. And we're discussing with people in Jefferson on how do we replicate this with Jefferson Parish. People would be surprised. In 2022, we engaged more kids with Jefferson Parish zip codes than we did with Orleans Parish zip codes. So wow. I'm really 
uh, anxious to replicate what we're doing in Jefferson Parish. Well, that's great news, and they can go to stemnola.com as well if they'd like to donate money. Calvin Mackey, thank you for all that you do and uh, continued success with STEMNOLA. No, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about it, and thank you for giving everybody the platform to let the community know that there, there are good things happening. Thank you, sir. We really appreciate all that you do. We'll be right back, folks. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. On a text line, such a wonderful and an inspiring interview with STEM. Nola Moore with Calvin Mackey, please. I really enjoyed that conversation. I enjoyed doing the research because I always prepare, you know, uh, I want to know what I'm talking about, about what folks are doing, how they're going about doing it and, and everything else. And I was just simply blown away. And just recently, they announced the success of three students um, who are three STEM fellows who have advanced to the final round of the National STEM Challenge that will be held on February 5th. And uh, the participants, along with their families, will embark on an all-expenses-paid trip to Washington, D.C., and there they will showcase their groundbreaking projects at the National STEM Festival. Um during uh, from April 11th through the 13th of 2024, the announcement will be in the week of February 5th of who qualifies. The three uh, fellows are Alongcorn Lafarge, eighth grade Langston Hughes Academy. Project was desalina- desalination, uh, addressing the saltwater wedge issue in our region. Jaden Hall, 12th grade at Brother Martin High School. Their his project. Um, Therosol effect combating flat feet and Naya Ellis, a ninth grader at John F. Kennedy High School, and uh, her project Wing It, a stroke uh, detector. Congratulations um, uh, to all of those students. And um, as Dr. Mackey, uh, quote unquote, expressed his pride, these fellows exemplify the spirit of innovation and determination fostered by STEM NOLA. We applaud their exceptional work and look forward to seeing the impact that they will make moving forward in the competition 
and beyond. And uh, uh, congratulations to all three of uh, those uh, outstanding uh, achievers of, of and three STEM fellows. And very very proud of you. And best of luck in in the competition. These you know the, these are the moments uh, of being on radio that that are really special, where you get to hear about um, some of the great work that folks are doing. Um, there is a lot of negative news out there. In fact, I have this conversation with my wife all the time uh, about trying to find uh, a lot of the positives uh, that are out there and keeping in mind that in order to move from negatives to positives, sometimes you have to highlight the negatives or you, you get people to wake up and think about what it is that they're doing. But um, it's one of the things I really enjoy about uh, getting an opportunity to learn uh, from so many different folks that are doing things in so many different ways in our, our community. And it's interesting about New Orleans is that it, it it's really is a give, giving community um, day in and day out. When you think about, you know, we're in the Mardi Gras season, and almost every one of these Mardi Gras crews give back to not-for-profits. Um, you know, I think... The Pro Bono Publico with Rex announced over a million-dollar investment in education. They've been doing that for years, uh, and it's it's just so encouraging and rewarding to hear that their announcement and the impact that they're making in so many different programs. But there's almost every one is engaged in that same type of thinking of giving back to the to the community and. Putting on a parade is not easy, um, and uh, I hope this weather clears up this weekend uh, for all of these parade crews because there's nothing worse than, that can happen than having a, a bad weather day when you're trying to put on that show that you've been prepping all year. Uh, it's just kind of frustrating uh, and a big letdown in many in many ways. And, you know, as uh, so many of us ride in, in parades, uh, throughout the metropolitan area, um, always keeping an eye on the weather and where we are. We'll be right back. We'd love to hear from you. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Give us a call. We'll talk about anything, folks. Love to hear from you. Today, I got a text here. It says the impeachment hearing started against Alejandro Mayorkas. The Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security goes to, says that the Capitol Hill left cares less about the border disaster. Every one of the two dozen Dems def- defended Mayorkas and said he was doing a good job in following 
the law, and that would include our local representative, Troy Carter, of New Orleans. Interestingly, um, the Border Patrol agents uh, don't feel the same way. Uh, The National Border Patrol Council issued a statement last week in support of the steps that the Texas National Guard has taken to secure the southern border and blasting President Joe Biden's administration for unleashing a catastrophe on the United States. This statement was released Thursday by the National Border Patrol Council, which is the official union for over 18,000 U.S. Customs um, and Border Protection employees. And they pushed back um, against the fake news that uh, reports that the Border Patrol agents would be arresting Texas National Guardsmen at the border. They said it's not true. It's not happening. The rank-and-file Border Patrol agents, they're not going to start arresting Texas National Guard members for following their lawful orders. That's fake news. And they said that the Texas National Guard and the rank-and-file Border Patrol agents, they work together. They respect one another. They understand, you know, the tasks that they have to do. um, And they understand that the Texas National Guard members have lawful orders. And they have to carry those orders out. So where there is a rub, um, you know, the rank-and-file BP agents said they appreciate and respect what Texas has been doing to defend their state in the midst of this catastrophe that the Biden administration has uh, unleashed on America. And they said they wanted to be perfectly clear that there is no fight between the two. Uh, And it may make for flashy headlines, but it simply is not true. And they have no plans to remove any infrastructure to include the concertina wire placed by Texas along the border. The Border Patrol agent said our posture remains the same. If we need to access an area for emergency response, we will do so. When that happens, we will actually coordinate with the Texas DPS, uh, and um, the Texas Mounted uh, Division. There have been a lot of folks on the left trying to make this issue out as though that there's this conflict with the U.S. Border Patrol. I always knew that there was not. Uh, They work together. They have a similar mission. They respect totally the lawful orders issued by Governor Abbott, as well as what they have to do as it relates to The federal laws, um, unfortunately, in many respects, and we've heard from them not often, but every now and again when things get to a point where the fake news is running uh, crazy, um, they come out and say it's just simply not true. We're we're not going to dismantle any infrastructure that Texas has put in. Why? It's helping them. (laughs) I mean, you know, the higher-ups in this organization and and the Democratic Party and others don't want to admit that, right, because they're anti-wall to begin with. So if you put concertina wire up, that's kind of emblematic of a wall in many respects. Um, they understand that it slows down the process. It makes it more difficult to cross in uh, to this country, and they, they appreciate the effort. Why? Because they're not allowed to do so, plain and simple. And... They're being called upon to do things that typically they don't agree with as it relates to enforcement. They've been instructed to look the other way. 
and they are compelled to do so. And it's a shame that we have this situation where we got this dog and pony show that's going on in Washington relative to um, this impeachment of Mayorkas. Nobody wants to go through this exercise. Uh, it, it, it's a shame that you almost have to do this for some kind of symbolic gesture as to where we are to call attention to this issue uh, that's getting worse. And we still are not willing to say that it's it's a crisis. I don't know what a crisis is in some people's mind, but if you don't believe this is a crisis with all the information uh, that we've had flowing um you know, on on this issue and and the cost to U.S. citizens is crazy, right? In the first nine months of this administration, the Biden administration paroled, and parole has a very limited limited use. They've paroled up to three hundred sixty thousand otherwise inadmissible migrants from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. And they actually flew them into the interior of this country. So it's not just Governor Abbott. A half a million more were paroled in at the border and released. So you're almost uh, at a million, and that's just during the first three quarters of this year. 3.2 million illegal aliens encountered at our borders in one year. Over 8 million since Biden took office. 140,000 unaccompanied children in 2023 alone. An average of 378 UACs, unaccompanied children, walking across the border every day. And the numbers just go on and on. We have 2 million pending asylum applications. You have to have an articulable fear, a threat. Most of these we know are bogus. Let's go to Dave. Dave, you're up. Welcome to the show. Hey, Joel. Good morning. Uh, Question. Uh, They showed the the news clip about the reporter screaming at Biden when he was getting on the Air Force One or Marine One. I don't know which one. Anyway. They were asking him, uh, with executive orders, you could stop the immigration crisis at the border today. Why don't you use that? And Biden was screaming back, I've asked Congress to give me the power. Give me the power. I don't have the power to do it. Let me ask you a question. What document did this guy swear to uphold when he took a oath of office? What, what document was it? Well, the Constitution and the laws of the, the United States. That's right. Article four, Article four in the Constitution has the word guarantees in it. That states gave up the right to immigration control in 1808, and the, and the Article four has the word guarantees in it. It says the federal government guarantees the safety of the citizenry of the United States from foreign invasion. What? is holding up impeachment of Biden if he doesn't know what Article 4 says of the document he swore on? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, that's going to be a long, drawn-out process. It's a political process. It's one that's that's ripe, you know, with with problems. 
and that's actually what's what's holding it up. It's interesting that he says that he's asking for the authority. He exercised that authority when he eliminated the programs that were put in place by Trump. So if, if you can exercise the authority to undo something, it would seem to me that you would have the authority to do something, right? I mean, it, what, he's, what he's saying is, is just politically, it's political gobbledygook. It's just sound bites to try and convince people that he doesn't have the authority to do anything. But the reality is he's he's the one if if he would just go back to what president oh, forget about Trump. I know that Trump in, infuriates and incites all kinds of emotions and people and everything else. Just go back to what Obama did in, in the first four years of his administration. And and deploy what Obama did in that, in the first four years and, and we would be golden. But, you know, they, they don't want to talk about that. And it's amazing. He was the VP then. He saw it unfold. He participated in it. He knew exactly what was going on. He may want to play dumb now, and he may want to convince a lot of people that he doesn't have the authority. But he was standing right there side by side when President Obama took a very aggressive and affirmative approach as it related to illegal immigration in this country. Now, he may be able to BS those that don't know better, but this is one he's not going to be able to do so. Also, folks, just wanted to mention nearly 30,000 pounds of fentanyl seized at the border, up from less than 5,000 pounds in fiscal year 2020. 99% of all fentanyl seized nationally Guess where it was seized? Oh, yeah, right there, southwest border. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Folks, when we come back after the top of the news break, we'll visit with Joe Geruso, New Orleans District A Council President. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 